Welcome everyone to the inaugural episode of In the Zone with Ryan Hughes. Uh, this is my very first podcast and I hope you'll be kind in the comments. Again, my name is Ryan Hughes and uh, this is going to be a sports podcast where uh, I talk about sports, my take on things, uh, maybe open up a little bit of discussion about uh, different topics. And Anyway, so let's get started. This past Sunday, uh, this is being recorded on Wednesday, uh, so three days ago, we had Super Bowl 51. Uh, amazing, amazing game. It was uh, one of the most exciting Super Bowls probably of all time. Greatest comeback uh, in a Super Bowl ever. Anyway, breaking it down. Atlanta came out of the gates firing on all cylinders. The offense was setting the tone with a strong run game. Freeman was breaking it open a lot, uh, and it really set up the passing game down the field. The defense also playing phenomenally. They were flying to the ball. They were playing aggressive. They were playing fast and free. Uh, it was a very uh, exciting way to start the Super Bowl for the Falcons. They jumped out to that big early lead. And um, I, the quick scoring on offense and that pick six that, that Brady threw probably hurt Atlanta more than they expected. Uh, Brady had had a, a fairly long drive leading up to that, which kept Atlanta's offense off the field. And then there was the interception return, and the Atlanta offense still stayed off the field, and the Atlanta defense was starting to get a little worn down. Uh, in watching the game, I was a little surprised at the defensive holding calls that were being uh, called, it seemed like, every play for a while there against Atlanta. Uh, not that they weren't committing the penalty because they were obvious holding calls, uh, just that it was being called. Um, Atlanta's head coach, Dan Quinn, he was uh, from Seattle, and he was the defensive coordinator there, and the Seahawks have been holding wide receivers for for years. Uh, as long as Richard Sherman's been playing there, it seems like he's always kind of grabbing and tugging and pulling, and it never really gets called. So I was uh, surprised... Not, Surprised that it was called in this game, um, given the magnitude and the history of the refs with not calling the penalty. Uh, the fourth quarter came along. Tom Brady showed why he's Tom Brady. Uh, he just picked apart an exhausted Falcons defense. If you looked at the D-line, they were getting zero pressure. Uh, Brady had all day in the pocket and if you give him all day, he's going to find a wide receiver every day of the week and twice on Sundays. Um, that's just, he's too good of a quarterback to give him as much time as he needs. Uh, Atlanta, when they were on offense, they seemed out of rhythm. They didn't seem like they really knew what their identity was anymore. A little bit of that might be Kyle Shanahan. He's gotten some flack here over not just rushing the ball three times towards the end of the game and then kicking a field goal uh, to go up by 11. And um, it's, it's well-deserved. Uh, he, he tried to get a little too cute. Uh, it had worked all year long where they just delivered the knockout punch by scoring a touchdown there late. But when you get into the Super Bowl, you can't leave points on the field. And that's really what they did with the play calling. Um, took them out of field goal range, and they ended up having to punt the ball back to Brady, who went 91 yards in one of the, the greatest drives. And 
being a Joe Montana uh, homer and a 49er homer, uh, it, it was right up there with some of Montana's great drives at the end of games. Um, so just a phenomenal game. Uh, the Patriots did everything right in the second half, uh, where Atlanta did everything right in the first half, and um, it was just fun and entertaining to watch. Uh, it was definitely a strong capstone to the FU Goodell World Tour that Tom Brady has been on this year since serving that four-game suspension for Deflate Gate, and um, it was definitely an awkward moment when uh, they had to shake hands and hand over the trophy. Now, I mentioned Brady and I mentioned Montana earlier, and uh, that wasn't by accident. We've entered again into the greatest ever debate. And with his fifth Super Bowl, some people are saying Tom Brady is the best quarterback who's ever stepped on the field. Uh, arguably, that could be right. Um, maybe he is even the greatest football player ever. Uh, I find the word arguably to be the most important word in there because a case could be made for Joe Montana. Uh, a case could be made for John Elway, um, Peyton Manning. But right now, let's look at Brady and Montana. Now, which is more impressive? Brady winning five Super Bowls in 15 healthy seasons, uh, defining healthy as having started 12 or more games for their team that year. Now, 82 is a little weird for Montana because it was a strike-shortened year, but he started all nine games for uh, the 49ers. And, and he won four Super Bowls in 11 healthy seasons. Uh, his body didn't hold up the way Brady's has, and I guess that has to be a, a factor in trying to figure out who's the greatest ever. But what are some other factors? I mean, do we weigh the other players players on offense? Jerry Rice for Montana, Rob Gronkowski, Randy Moss for for the Patriots? Uh, who had more talent around them? Uh, do we weigh the defenses of each team, knowing that if you have a stellar defense, they will set the offense up for success? The offense doesn't have to press as much. They can balance out running and passing we all know this. Uh, who uh, who has more rings? Well, Brady has more rings. Is it all about the rings, though? Does regular season performance count? Um, does performance in the Super Bowl count? Uh, do we consider rule changes from generation to generation? You, you look at the way the quarterback's protected now versus when Montana was playing against the likes of Lawrence Taylor, who would just murder people left and right. Uh Wide receivers. Pass interference is called a lot more today than it was was back then. Uh, however, on the flip side, wide receivers used stickum back in the 70s and 80s. Jerry Rice has admitted to using stickum. So, does that count? Do we weigh the fact that Tom Brady, whether you agree with it or not, was suspended for four games for cheating? Also, what do we consider? This is going into my next topic, but what do we consider a generation? So, the greatest of his generation, the greatest of all time, rule changes from generation to generation. So, I took to Facebook and I asked everyone out there, I said, what is, it, what is an era in the NFL? Is it 10 years, 15 years, 20 years? Uh, is everything pre-80s and then 80 to 95 or by decade? Overwhelmingly, the response was by decades. So, what I'm proposing going forward is each week 
I'm going to take another position because this argument goes past just quarterbacks. And we're going to break down the best of their era. Look at running back. Who's the greatest of all time? Walter Payton? Emmett Smith? Barry Sanders? What about Jim Brown? When you try comparing these players against each other, the game has changed so much over the years that it's tough to compare them head-to-head. -head. So I'm proposing that we stop trying to appoint any one player as the best ever, but rather was he the best of his generation, because then we're comparing him against his contemporaries. We're looking at how he did against the same defense as every other quarterback or whatever position. We're looking at how he did against the same set of rules, the, the same benefits for his other for his teammates. So we can see the same type of passing game. Because look, in this fantasy football era, the ball is getting aired out a lot more than it was, say, back in the early 80s or the 70s. So do we discount those players because they didn't get the play calls? Again, there's, I think there's a lot of arguments here. Um, everyone feels like a player from their generation was the best ever. So let's look at it. Let's look at the generational players. Also, I want to go past just quarterbacks, wide receivers, linebackers, safeties, all of it. So each week, I'm going to compile a list of the best of his era, but I need your help. I can't do it by myself. There are people out there who know a lot more about football than me. Uh, I know some of you are like, whoa, Ryan, that's not what you normally say. But, you know, that's the truth. There are people who know more about the history of the game than me. There are people that know more about the game than me. So I want your input. Follow me on Twitter at InTheZoneRyan and let me know your best of the era quarterback for each decade. I'm going to go 60s and earlier, 70s, 80s, 90s. 2000s and the 2010s so hit me up at in the zone ryan leave a comment on this podcast let me know what you think and thanks for uh, listening and i'll see you next week